Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor Podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm an Inventor Product Manager, and this is episode number 34. Well, a week or so back, we released a podcast that had a lot of the new capabilities found in Inventor 2010 around uh, consumer products. So we actually received a lot of feedback around some of the, the cool new things that we added with multi-body support, some of the fillet expert tools and, and those types of things. And this episode, I'm excited to bring to you some of the other new enhancements or the next next set of topics we'll talk about, which is around layout design and simulation. And this is, as I mentioned, I believe in the last podcast, this is the largest release that I've been involved in to date with Inventor, and I've been around since R1. So in, in my mind, we have more new functionality in this release than any release we've had yet. And the, I think you'll see, as we have a handful of these podcasts, you'll see the depth and and the breadth that we've added to the product line. So with that, I really wanted to, to go through some of the layout design and get into some of the simulation capabilities. Many of the things that we'll talk about are things that many of you have talked to us about over the last couple of years and expressed interest in being able to make your product, well, the product better and easier to use. So the first thing that we'll talk about is the layout design. And this is one of those areas that if you do a lot of parts and assemblies, well, a lot of assemblies with motion, and you want to be able to flush out the design, but you don't necessarily ha know how it's going to work off the bat, it's great to be able to, to do this in a 2D sketch, although in the past you haven't had motion and kind of hard to manage. So one of the things that we've we've added in Inventor 2010 is a notion of sketch blocks. So you can make these sketch blocks similar to how you make blocks in AutoCAD, although in here you can actually dynamically drag them around, you can add constraints across those different blocks, and you can reuse those blocks. So this is a, a really great way to be able to flush out that design, figure out how the motion is going to work, and then from there, once you've, you're pretty satisfied with your concept, then you can push it out to individual parts and sub-assemblies. And you can take advantage of things like nested blocks, which allow you to, to really manage uh, the different blocks and have perhaps sub-assemblies in blocks that when you create parts and assemblies, it does automatically make those sub-assemblies for you. So if there's any confusion about this, I think you'll see in the demonstration coming up in a minute how all of this works, how you can have nested blocks and, and all of those things built in. So again, just really excited about how you can do motion in a sketch, be able to use a lot of the standard commands that you use today, but be able to introduce blocks in the mix of that and make it very easy for you to see that motion and how those things work together. So as you can see in here, sketch blocks nested with instances, you can do your motion studies and um, once you're done with all of that, you can turn blocks into parts and sub-assemblies and works very similar to your auto, the, the way AutoCAD blocks work. So with that, I think you're probably more interested in seeing it work than a PowerPoint slide, so let's turn it over to the video. Let's take a look at the new enhancements we've added to the design and simulation uh, side of Inventor. First thing we want to do, let's just grab 
a car seat here and one of the things that that you may have run into in the past if you have something that has motion in it you're oftentimes in trying to lay out the motion of a design uh, it's something that you almost have to know the the history or, or the the hierarchy of the design before you even build any of the components and this is one of the the areas that we really wanted to tackle to be able to make it much easier to figure out what kind of motion was going to be in your design before you had to worry about the actual hierarchy or structure of your your assembly so let's take a look at just a, a sketch and one of the things that you'll notice we've added some ability similar to AutoCAD's blocks in Inventor that, that allow us to start putting motion at a sketch level so we're going to come in and create a new block and we can determine what's going to be in the block we can give it an insertion point if we want and we can give it a, a block name from here I can start dragging this around doing different things with it we may want to lock it to some other geometry some other sketch geometry so now you'll notice that just as if I were in the assembly mode I can come in and start dragging my sketch around to see how these things will update I may also want to insert in other blocks so we may want to place in something like a lifter block here and start dragging it around and then we also may want to drag in one more block instead of the bracket we'll bring in the lifter and put it in place now I want to start adding constraints to lock all of this down so we can add a coincident constraint just to make sure that all of this geometry is locked down where it should be and then I want to be able to drag things around although right now this this is uh, you may notice that this particular lifter is a block made up of two nested blocks so it's essentially a sub-assembly with a block structure and what we want to do is be able to take that and make it flexible so you'll notice that just as if I were in an assembly I can make that block flexible so now as I start dragging these things around at the block level at the sketch level I can start to see how I can build motion in how things are gonna work I can flush out if this design is gonna work correctly for me once I'm satisfied I'm happy with my results we may want to start making these into individual components so now I can tell it we want to make this entire sketch into components so it's going to turn all of these blocks into actual parts and with the parts I can determine the template we're going to use, what the bomb structure is going to be, where they're going to be located in this case I'm just going to use default settings and then we want it to create all of that geometry for us so let's go to the top level of this particular design and we want to see those new blocks that we've created, the, the new parts we've created from the blocks. So now you'll notice that we've been able to create that new link, the bracket, and the lifter. And you'll notice that the lifter is now a sub-assembly with components underneath it, and it's automatically flexible. So I can come in and start grabbing some of these components and drag them around and see how they react in an assembly level opposed to the sketch level and then I can start turning these into parts so you'll notice we may want to take that one link that we made and start extruding it to turn it into a 3D model so we may give it an offset distance we also may want to give it some type of color so this is a, a very flexible way to start out at the sketch level, flush out your design, figure out if it's going to work correctly as far as the motion goes, and then you can start refining it, building parts out of it, and turning it into real parts and assemblies without ever losing those constraints. So again, now that I've turned it into a 3D part, we may want to see how this all works. So as I start dragging this around, we can see that everything's maintained in my design. So again, just a, a really great way to work while 
while doing an assembly motion. So the next area that we're going to take a look at is the integrated part and assembly stress analysis capabilities. So in Inventor for some time we've had the ability to do part level analysis. So this would allow you to take a, a single part file, put some loads on it, run an analysis on it, and see if there are weak areas or areas that perhaps were overbuilt that you could go in and trim down a little bit. But what about assemblies? It may be that you have an entire assembly that you want to be able to analyze and see same types of, of weaknesses or areas that it may be overbuilt at the assembly level. So now what we've added is support that you can take an assembly, you can go through much the same process of, of adding loads and, uh, and constraints to the part level now in the assembly level. We've also taken it uh, a step past that that you can also do uh, parametric studies. So it may be that you in your part you have various parameters that you want to adjust. So it may be that you want to you want to take a lever and add a parameter that it may as it as it gets longer it may get it may get thicker or thinner and you want to be able to run some analysis on there to see what's the the optimization or the best study for that. So now what you can do is set up these parametric studies, run through your analysis, and have it come back with a report, and you can choose what works better for you. So, you know, it may be that in an example where you have a stiffener, you may have a single stiffener, or you may want to try three different, uh, kind of pattern at three different times, and run an, an, an analysis on that. This is something that in the past, you would, in that part file, need to run analysis once, or a simulation once, get the feedback and then make modifications to your geometry to add additional features and then rerun it again. Now you can simply just tell it to do some of these things, let it go off and solve all the different uh, iterations and then come back and look at it and see which one you, you would choose. So making, it makes it very easy at both a part and assembly level to make some of these changes and then give you the results that you're specifically looking for. Also, we've extended some of the results and output capabilities so that you can see some of these things. And then we've also extended the capability of dynamic simulation, making it much easier going from regular inventor assemblies into dynamic simulation. So now you can see a, a truer mapping of uh, constraints to joints, and you can see what constraints make up those joints. So much easier in jumping in, starting to use this, and take advantage of dynamic simulation. So with that, again, I'm sure you'd rather see this in action rather than see a couple of, of static slides. So with that, let's jump over. We'll take a look at the video, and then we'll uh, you'll have to wait till the next episode to see what we're going to cover next. The next area that we want to take a look at is on the simulation side. And this is one of those things that in the past we've had part level analysis so we could run some analysis on a single part put some loads on it figure out if it was going to be strong enough but we've heard a, a lot of feedback on being able to leverage assemblies being able to take an assembly at, with different materials mesh things differently and then be able to get accurate loads and, and displacements and things on the design so with this car seat we want to be able to take that underlying uh, one of the sub-assemblies in here and start working on that to make sure that that it's going to be strong enough for uh, the loads that may be applied to it. So let's start off by first coming in to our analysis pane and we want to create a new simulation. In here we've got a couple of different options. We can do a single point or a parametric dimension. We're actually going to start out with just a single point 
And since I'm working in an assembly, it may be that I want to adjust the different types of materials in here. You'll notice that we can come in and apply different materials. Or it may be that there are various components that we don't necessarily need in our simulation. So we just want to remove those out of our, out of our design. So let's just exclude those. So we're not doing any type of calculation. We're not building a mesh or anything of those components. And then we want to come in and just apply various constraints. We're going to put a pin constraint on each of the sides of this shaft. And then we also want to add a couple of forces that are going to simulate sitting down in the seat. And we can determine that we want to go down, we want a, a force down of 300 newtons on both sides. And we can, we can change the glyph color, the glyph size, if we want that to be a little bit larger or smaller. And uh, it's nice to be able to change the color if you've got a bunch of different forces to help differentiate uh, various types of loads. You can do that. And then we also want to come in and add a, uh, a fixed constraint on this other arm. So that's pretty much it. Now that we've done that, uh, we could come in and start refining the mesh, but at this point we're going to let the system automatically do that. And we want to start running a, a, our simulation on this. So we'll let it go off. It'll automatically do the meshing for us. And as I mentioned, uh, some of the things that we've done with, with this, it, this uh, release is the ability to refine the mesh. So if you want to make some changes to it in the past, that was something that you weren't able to have access to. Now you can actually go in and start doing those things. Um, you know, this, this is going in and looking at the different constraints and contacts between these components, the different loads that I have, and the different materials. So this is great to be able to take just a regular inventor assembly, nothing fancy in here, and be able to start applying the different loads and constraints and, and all of that information and create a, a nice uh, report. And the different results, we'll get those results in a minute. We may want to look at different types of results, and we can see all those things. And um, once this is complete, we're also going to take a look at a different type of analysis. We're going to do a parametric table, which will allow us to take this arm and use different lengths of that arm to determine uh, how the forces are going to be applied and maybe figure out the, the best possible length of that particular arm, which is helpful if, if you're trying to test the thickness of a material. You could try different thicknesses with different loads and be able to see which is the optimum solution for you. But in this case, let's take a look at our safety factor. You'll notice that gives us our results back here. We can see what's going on with our design. And it may be that um, we want to make some, some design changes based on what we find here. But in this case, we're probably going to leave it as it is. We want to be able to, to run a couple of other parametric studies on this particular design. So let's go back to our simulation. And we're just going to edit some properties here. We could create a new, uh, a new report, but we're, gonna do a, we're just going to edit the existing one that we have. And I'm going to set it up for a parametric table that um, there may be some parameters that we want to use here from one of these parts. So let's just come over to this arm and we're going to tell it to show the parameters. And we can specify the parameters we're interested in in trying some different variations or iterations on. And then once we go in the table we can see that it's showing us this particular parameter. And I can start adding different values. So I can tell it that we want it to be 45 millimeters in length we want to try it at 47 millimeters and then maybe we want to try it at 50 millimeters. 
So now you'll notice that if, if I tell it to generate the whole set of configurations, it's going to go out and look at each of those sizes and allow me to dynamically drag the slider and see the, the different lengths. I also want to be able to look at a couple of different uh, results. So we may want to look at von Mises stress on each of these sizes, and we also may be interested in the overall mass of these. So it may be that I have some stipulations, I need to keep it within a particular mass, and I want to determine what the von Mises stress is. So now, as I drag this slider back and forth, we'll be able to see everything gets updated. We can see what the, the result values are. And to get the actual results to update on all three of these, we just would need to run our, our simulation one more time for it to calculate on each of those, uh, putting the loads on each of those different sizes. So then as I move the slider back and forth, I get a very rich amount of information for the result value and figure out uh, what design I really want to use. So this can save a tremendous amount of time just trying to iterate through a design and making sure that the design that you have is the design that you really want to use.